Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, and as it stands right now, I've lost my voice and I'm trying to find it, so I wonder if my trusty sidekick, Harley Schultz, have you, Harley, have you found my, my voice anywhere? No, Steve, we have not found your voice yet, but we have the team down at the crime lab researching it right now. They've got us working in shifts. Well, I'll tell you what, because my voice is so bad this week, Harley and I exchanged my DFS picks um, prior to recording so that he can go through them. I don't know what his are yet, so he'll surprise us with how much we have matched. Um, I will be saying very little tonight, and I think that's to the benefit of our listeners because the more I talk, the worse my voice has actually gotten at different times today. So um, let's just say that I had a big electrical project I was working on yesterday, and I did not singe my vocal cords by getting electrocuted. Let's blame it on the fact that I was cheering on my teams to buys this week um, because I own Todd Gurley and don't want to have to play him in one of the big leagues. And with well, that, it's interesting that you mentioned uh, singeing something off because earlier today I almost singed off my fingertip uh, with my uh, phone. The uh, phone cord I had plugged into my computer to charge my phone this afternoon uh, got to shorten it. And all of a sudden I, I'm looking away and I look back and there's smoke coming out of my phone cord. You, I'm like, what the heck? You're going to be like the cat in Christmas Vacation. Exactly. Okay. Well, you know what the good – I try to find – you know, I try to find the good and stuff, right? Do you know what the yes. good thing is tonight because of this, the fact that I'm losing my voice? Look, you can look in the camera. People can't see this, but in this mug, I have some tea and some honey and quite a bit of bourbon, and it's my second one tonight. Well, I was going to say, my, my father always used to recommend – a little bit of hot blackberry brandy when you're losing your voice. And uh, if nothing else, it was always a great way to get the kids to shut up when we were younger and we were being too loud and obnoxious during the holiday season. Well, my, my wife made it for me. The first one, I told her to use the Elijah Craig small batch I have. Then I said, hey, make me a new one so I can have it for the show. She comes up. She's like, this one's better. I was like, why? She goes, I used your Jefferson. I was like, oh, you didn't have to do that. So I've got myself a nice little Jefferson aged at sea um, in my bourbon, I mean, in my tea tonight. Well, you know what? We've got some good wives then because while my wife didn't get me an alcoholic beverage to enjoy during this show, she did refill my Hint Water Peach Raspberry, available <laughs> now at Hy-Vee grocery stores. <laughs> uh, no, Hy-Vee is not sponsoring the show. But uh, yeah, uh, Hint Water is an amazing uh, water with no sugar, no added flavors, whatnot. They actually put fruit in the water to let it, uh, it, it get the flavor, and then they package it and sell it. 
That really I, delicious stuff. I hope I can find that down here because I've been playing hell trying to find a drink that's not diet or no sugar that I can drink beyond just like unsweetened tea. I can't take the aftertaste from from the diet drink. So anyway, I digress. My voice is starting to fade even more now. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say I'm going to throw it over to Mr. Schultz for this week's BPN News. Thank you, Steve. Kansas City cornerback Marcus Peters hurled a referee's flag into the crowd following a penalty during the Chiefs' collapse against the Jets. After throwing the flag, Peters walked off the field, assuming that he had been ejected from the game. He hadn't been. At the behest of one of the Chiefs' coaches, Peters returned to the sidelines moments later in full gear, except for his socks. Why no socks? We may never know. My supposition is that his My Cause My Cleats specialty shoes were just a little too tight, so he wanted to let his tootsies breathe a little. (laughs) The internet has blown up recently in regard to the similarity in appearance between Carson Wentz and Prince Harry. As of this point, no one has photographic proof of the two of them in the same location. I personally believe that they are indeed the very same person and that this coming was prophesized by 1990s pop icon Will Smith in the theme song to Fresh Prince of (laughs) Bel-Air. Rob Gronkowski is facing a one-game suspension for delivering a flying forearm to the back of a downed Buffalo defender Sunday. Rob has already come out stating that he would be appealing the suspension. If he does end up suspended for next week, expect Gronkowski to spend his time away making yet another appearance on WWE Monday Night Raw, teaming with his former one-time tag partner, Mojo Raleigh, in an attempt to capture the world tag titles. (laughs) In his first game action in three years, Josh Gordon was targeted 11 times, hauling in four catches for 85 yards or what is better known as Deshaun Kaiser's ceiling. (laughs) And finally, after a miserable season that was highlighted with a poorly handled benching of team icon Eli Manning, the Giants' front office bid adieu, adieu to their coach McAdoo. (laughs) This has been your BPN News Update. Yeah, maybe I could have done that bit with my voice. I don't know. That was not bad. Okay. So I do want to add something real quick. I know I said I wouldn't talk much, but um, Marcus Peters came out without his socks. Imagine if he had come out without his pants and wearing shorts, we could have said he shipped his pants. <laughs> we really don't know what happened there. It's like, I mean, it wasn't like he came out without his jersey on or without his shoulder pads. But how, do you, how did his socks get off? His shoes got back on. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know. It's like when a Chris I, Angel special here. When I, when I get undressed, I don't know that my socks are the first thing I take off. You know, I would think that you take off the, the shoulder pads and stuff. But anyway. See, uh, my first thought was he went up into the stands, uh, tried to trade his game-used socks for the flag so he could give it back to the ref. Maybe kind of like get rid of any chance he might actually be suspended or like maybe not face a fine if he actually returned the flag to the ref they stole from. You know what? That leads me to a question. I know I said I wouldn't talk much, but – He'll get fined for throwing the flag. Will he also get fined for a uniform violation? It's got to be. It's got to be a uniform violation. Uh, they didn't wear the exact. Although with the uh, 
individual cleat thing this week, maybe they'll be lenient on him. But you know what? Maybe, it, it, again, his shoes might just be a little tight. Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm throwing it to Harley, too, right now for this week's DFS segment. And we'll see if I can't get my voice at least a little bit, you know, better for the, the close after that. And maybe I'll add something here and there if I, in case I have to. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to start out at the quarterback position. And I'm going to mention who Steve is recommending at quarterback this week. And then I will either say, okay, that's a good player or a bad play as far as what I see. But then I'll tell you who I've got. And if we match up, even better. Uh, the person that Steve is going to pay up for this week is Philip Rivers. Now, he said that the obvious play would have been Matthew Stafford uh, if we had more certainty in regard to his hand, and I would agree. If, if we knew for certain that Matthew Stafford was going to start this week, uh, he makes about as obvious a play as one could possibly have. Uh, much for that exact same reason, I, I decided to uh, not go the Stafford route either. I chose Derek Carr at Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City just allowed Josh McCown to look like an all-pro. You know, This week, Derek Carr should get his full complement of receivers back, uh, should make it a lot easier for him to throw the ball. I mean, he's not throwing to Johnny Holton and Seth Roberts this week. Or if he does, they'll just be supplemental to his passes to Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Uh, as for Phillip Rivers, I think it's a great matchup for him. Uh, the Chargers are starting to hit their their gain. I'm a little concerned about his price on FanDuel at 8100 That seems a little high for him. Uh, Washington, though, has been beat recently by uh, worse quarterbacks than Rivers, so... I, I can see going with that, particularly on DraftKings, where at 6800 he's still one of the higher-priced quarterbacks, but it's not that much higher than the 8100 Again, you're talking a 10%—I'm uh, sorry, you're talking a 8% difference in available cash budget between the two sites. I don't see an 8% difference, so between 6800 and 8100 Now, the player that Steve is going to stay away from, uh, he, he was having a hard time choosing between Cam Newton and Russell Wilson— uh, that's perfectly fine because I would avoid both of them this week with their matchups. Cam Newton is going to be facing Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota is very good against the pass. They're very good against the run. They're actually fairly good against rushing quarterbacks for the first time in nearly a decade. Uh, so and when you look at Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson's going to face Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville uh, gave up a little bit of yardage and a touchdown pass to Ty Hilton, uh, T.Y. Hilton last week that really shocked me. I didn't think there was any chance of him scoring at all against Jacksonville. So Russell Wilson probably is the better play of the two, but I really wouldn't want to play for either of those two guys when I can get Derek Carr for the same price, basically. Now, as for me, we came to agreement on this one. I also chose to avoid Russell Wilson at Jacksonville. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson, like I said, is very good. The Jacksonville defense, they're very better. Now, <laughs> as are. for value play, uh, my, my, my partner Steve here, he picked a really great option for value play, and that was Tom Savage for Houston. Uh, although, you just really you feel a little sick in your stomach if you're ever playing Tom Savage. Uh, hopefully, I did. if you're playing him, then maybe he won't throw that many interceptions, right? Yeah, that's, that's the hope anyway. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm going to stay in that very same game, though. I'm going to take Jimmy Garoppolo against Houston. Uh, the Texans have been torched by every quarterback not named Joe Flacco since week eight. So <laughs> I, I feel like Garoppolo, who looked fairly decent, uh, he, he found both Marquise Goodwin as well as rookie uh, Taylor last week for big yardage. 
Uh, he's got weapons to work with. He's got a great running back to work with. I, I like Garoppolo's chances too. That that would be the same Garoppolo that led his team to a win in his very first start, right? That Garoppolo. Well, I was going to say you're referring to his first start back with uh, no, New England. No, no, no. I'm talking about with his new team with San Francisco. Exactly. Okay, and um, he did that on the strength of like I think how many touchdowns did he throw? Oh, never mind. Go ahead, move on. Exactly. exactly okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, running back. Running back is a little tough this week. There's mm. really not a lot of players you really want to play this week at running back. Uh, I'm going to pay up for Melvin Gordon versus Washington. And I, I'm not really going to like it. It's just that I don't like any of these other high-priced guys either. Uh, Washington has been destroyed by power runners recently. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Latavius Murray, uh, both of the New Orleans running backs, Orleans Darkwa, Alfred Morris, they've all plowed through the Washington defense in recent weeks. Uh that's basically what Melvin Gordon is. Uh, Austin Eckler is still going to be the guy to get in there on some third down plays, but that's not really how they're beating Washington. They're beating Washington straight ahead, and that's Gordon's game. Now, Steve, uh, <clears throat> Steve went with uh, Lashawn McCoy for Buffalo, and uh, I'm not sure how I feel on that play. Uh, I, I, I personally, I think this price tag again on draft on DraftKings is okay, but his price tag on FanDuel at nine thousand is too much. Uh, Indianapolis is bad. We've kind of come to that consensus over the last couple of weeks that they're beyond bad. Uh, we could even say that they're downright putrid. But uh, again, I don't know if I pay nine thousand for him. Uh, Seventy-two hundred on DraftKings, I could see playing him there. But again, there's uh, all the price tags at, at the top of the tier for running backs this week are kind of high, and, and none are really that great. Well, it is pay up, remember? So that's true. I, the well, part the part I don't like about it is the quarterback situation. That's the part that concerns me. Uh, do we know who it's going to be yet? I don't know that they know who it's going to be yet. <laughs> well, I did see that former Viking uh, Wildcat runner Joe Webb got in there for a snap or two, so uh, he may be a better option than Nathan Peterman. Although, as I tweeted out on Sunday, Tyrod Taylor on his back on the cart might be better option than Nathan Peterman. So Very true. Uh, at running back... Uh, Steve will stay away from Todd Gurley II, uh, facing that very, very good Philadelphia run defense. And lo and behold, we have a second match. Yes. Todd Gurley is the top dollar back on DraftKings, but he's playing the team with only one 100-yard rusher against them all season. They've only allowed one rushing touchdown since week three. Uh, Philadelphia's defense, uh, they gave up a few yards to the air to opposing running backs. I think they're... Uh, nearly 600 yards for the season through the air and four touchdowns through the air. And Gurley can do some of that, but he's just not going to get it done on the ground. Now, for value play, uh, Steve took a guy who I was actually looking at and, th- and thinking about, and that's Theo Riddick. The interesting thing with Theo Riddick is kind of came out at 1130 uh, Central Time this past Sunday that Detroit had decided that, oh, hey, let's bench Amir Abdullah and let's make Theo Riddick our every down back. Well, Theo Riddick isn't an every-down back. Uh, he never will be an every-down back. Fortunately for Detroit, they also pulled something out of the woodwork that uh, you know I, I know absolutely nothing about, and that is Tyon Green. Do you have any insight at all about Tyon Green? <laughs> None. Well, you know what? I'm giving Tyon Green a green rating this week for his last name, and also because they're facing Tampa Bay, which makes Theo Riddick and Tyon Green both legitimate plays because... Tampa Bay couldn't stop anything, uh, particularly through the middle of their run defense. And I think that Tyon Green, uh, much like 
uh, Melvin Gordon in San Diego will be doing more of the carrying between the tackles, whereas Theo Riddick will be uh, the one going to the outside and catching the passes. So the one reason that I'm, I'm willing to go with Theo also <coughs> is I told you how much I like Stafford, but I'm worried about the hand. And I think that it might take a little more hand strength to try and throw some long passes. So I think they could try to use Theo as a safer checkdown option if he does not feel 100% in that hand. Well, either way, I do agree with both of those guys. I think that uh, get as many players from Detroit into your lap you can, uh, even if it's not Matthew Stafford at the helm. Uh, the guy I'm going to take as my value play this week is a guy who's been around for a very long time, and that's Frank Gore. Uh, he's getting to face Buffalo. We've picked on Buffalo the last few weeks, and with good reason. Buffalo's allowed 11 running back rushing touchdowns over the last five games. They've also given up a couple running back receiving touchdowns during that span. So do the math, 13 touchdowns allowed over five games to opposing RBs. Frank Gore will probably split some of his carries with Marlon Mack, but uh, this game actually, uh, if, if it's played in Buffalo, I, I don't have the weather report yet for upstate New York, but there's a cold front coming through the Twin Cities right now with snow expected tonight, so there's a decent chance, I would say, that Buffalo could see some precipitation, if not some snow this weekend, and if they do, this game is probably going to be fought on the ground because, well, frankly, it's Jacoby Brissett versus Nathan Peterman. Well said. At wide receiver, Steve will be paying up for DeAndre Hopkins versus San Francisco. And, folks, ding, 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 ding. We have a third match. Uh, this is an easy play. Hopkins has received eight or more targets in every game except one. The one game he didn't receive eight targets, he received four targets. He still caught a touchdown, uh, still had nearly 60 yards. Uh, his yardage and receptions ranked only behind Antonio Brown, who's playing tonight. And Hopkins actually leads the league in receiving touchdowns, although Brown could conceivably catch him tonight, uh, depending on what happens in this game here. Uh, either way, uh, it doesn't matter if it's Tom Savage. It doesn't matter if it's uh, Deshaun Watson. Hopkins is so heavily involved in that offense that he's going to be a good player. And San Francisco has just been Horrible. very mediocre against wide receivers this year. They started out the season rotten. They've gotten better, but they're still allowing over one wide receiver touchdown per week, and a lot of their big games have gone to wide receiver ones. Uh, I'm going to be staying away from Devin Funches versus Minnesota. Now, I'm going to sum this up really easily. Did everyone watching just see what Mike Zimmer's defense did to Julio Jones? Yes. <laughs> it's the same thing they did to Antonio Brown. It's the same thing they did to Mike Evans. Now, one of these things is not like the other. We've got Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Julio Jones, Devin Funches. Which one of those things is not like the other? Um, somebody's not as good. Exactly, and that's Devin Funches. Devin Funches has had a great start to his uh, opportunity to be wide receiver one so far in Carolina, but... This is not a good play for him. I, I would not nothing to do with him this week, particularly if you're going to have to pay uh, borderline wide receiver one price tag for him. Now, Steve is going to stay away from Robbie Anderson and the New York Jets. Uh, I think in that case there, you're probably not chasing the touchdowns in like 17 straight games. But you know what? I, I actually have him on my bench too this week. Uh, Denver 
has been beaten recently by very good wide receivers. I'm not sure Robbie Anderson is a very good wide receiver yet. I, I feel like he's a good wide receiver, but not a very good wide receiver. Yes. And you know what? For wide receiver one price tag against 7700 on FanDuel, I can get Mike Evans for $400 cheaper than that. How do I possibly spend $7,700 on Robbie Anderson when I can have Mike Evans for $7,300? I can get Marvin Jones against Tampa Bay for $7,000? Yes, please. <laughs> Tyree Kill is only $300 more than him, it looks like. so. Yeah. Michael Crabtree versus KC, $300 more. Yeah, Robbie Anderson, it's a great story, bud. Time to go back to the bench. Yep. Uh, your value play, uh, Steve, I believe you're going back to your value play from last week? In a sense, yes. I fell in love with D.D. Westbrook and Josh Gordon. Couldn't decide who I wanted to go with. And I said, let's go D.D., I think is what I said, because there's a little bit of an unknown with Josh coming back. But I think that he did admirably considering the matchup um, that he faced. And But here's the thing. I'm going back to D.D. this week simply because he's priced a lot cheaper than what Josh is. Well, so I've got a little story on D.D. Westbrook here. Um, I actually got yelled at by a couple of my league mates in one of my dynasty leagues uh, on Saturday morning because I took Julio Jones against Minnesota out of my starting lineup and put D.D. Westbrook in against Indianapolis. Now, this was for the first week of a two-week semifinal playoff game. Now, the interesting thing about this particular league is that if I win the semifinal, I get to go on to the consolation final. Uh, my team finished in seventh place out of twelve, no, 10 teams in this league. So in this particular league, teams that finished in 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th battle in a consolation final over two-week periods. And the winner of that gets the first pick in the following year's rookie draft. Now, it would behoove me then to attempt to win to get that pick. However, I have already traded away that pick. So the victory does not mean quite as much for me. So I took the risk, benched Tulio, and started D.D. Westbrook in place of him. And D.D. actually outproduced Tulio. So that's the funny story there. Uh, going back to who... I will be taking as my value play at wide receiver this week. I'm going to go with a guy who I've kind of championed for the last few weeks. Now I'm playing Jimmy Garoppolo as my value play at quarterback. So I'm going to take Marquise Goodwin as my value play at wide receiver. Go for the hookup points there. Garoppolo has identified Goodwin along with Taylor as go-to targets. Last week he was targeted eight times. He caught all eight of those passes. Uh, Goodwin has averaged 82 yards per game over his last four starts, and he's topped 60 yards in seven of his last 10 starts. Those are legitimate, at best, I mean, at worst, I should say, wide receiver two numbers and borderline wide receiver one numbers. But his price tag is a good 3,400 less than the top tier of wide receivers. So Marquise Goodwin, and, and if you want to go in deeper, uh, take a shot on Taylor, Again, I think that's going to be a high-scoring game from San Diego, San Diego, San Francisco's point of view. Okay. So that leaves us with one position left, and that's tight end. Yes. And unfortunately, by the time I'm done with this, I will probably be the one losing my voice. So 
hopefully we can make it through this uh, quickly here. Pay to play at tight end. I'm going to pay up for Travis Kelsey versus Oakland. Oakland just got torched by Evan Ingram with Geno Smith throwing him the ball. Over the last four weeks, Oakland has allowed an average of 81 yards and half a touchdown to opposing tight ends. This is the Oakland tight end defense that I kind of remember from a couple years ago, where all of a sudden they just kind of forget that the tight end is a position on the field. Uh, much like Jared Cook, they kind of forgot that he was a tight end on offense last week. Uh, so I apologize to everyone uh, who I told to play Jared Cook because <clears throat> he did absolutely nothing. Um, Clive Walford was actually more involved than Jared Cook was. Uh, Steve is going to pay up for Jimmy Graham. Now, I'd like to get your take on that one because I'm not sure I agree with that one. Well, here's the thing. I I don't really like I, – I don't dislike the Kelsey pay up. But I'm just—they've been a little bit neurotic there on offense, and and Kelsey didn't produce against the Giants. So if I'm going to pay up, I want a sure thing. Not that Jimmy Graham's a sure thing, but anytime you can also add a team's goal line back, you might as well do it. Um, so basically, what I'm saying is I have no faith in the Seattle run game um, to be able to you know do anything from inside the 20s. And granted, he. It's not the best matchup against Jacksonville, but it's sort of a funnel defense. It's the wide receivers that usually don't do well. So at least I think that if they're going to have any luck at moving anything, it's going to be trying to use Graham in the middle of the field against the likes of Paul plus Lewisney and stuff like that. You know, I, I like that argument, and I'm actually going to hide. I, I had him rated as a red stay-away type player this week, but I think you just convinced me to move him back into column A at least as a as a okay play and not not per se a great play. Yeah, my, he, my biggest concern thing again is the uh, sixty nine hundred on Fanduel seems a little high for him. The five thousand on DraftKings though that's that's kind of low for him. So and I hate to say it, but when I look at these numbers, I do look at both. But I tend to look at DraftKings more than Fanduel for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's just because it's the first column on the left for us. Maybe it's because that's where I pretty much play and don't play Fanduel very often. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't really like paying up for the position as it is. So, yeah, I, I can tell you, well, I won't say anymore because we got to get to the stayaways. But um, I'll chime back in. Let me take some more okay. tea and bourbon here. <laughs> We're going to have another match at stay away for the tight end position, and that's Zach Ertz. The Rams have allowed only one tight end touchdown since week six. Uh, it doesn't look like Ertz will be 100% even if he does play. Uh, last week, they when he did get hurt, they involved Trey Burton in the game a lot more. I think that Burton will at least be a part-time play this week. And at his bargain basement price, again, not a great matchup against the Rams, but it's not an awful matchup either based on the fact he could have some volume. So if you're really in a pinch, like let's say you've got Rob Gronkowski and he's been suspended, uh, you could conceivably pick up Burton just for volume base only. But again, I, I don't love him this week either. Uh, as far as the value play, uh, I'm going to have to disagree with your value play. That's okay. The guy, <clears throat> the guy you chose is Eric Ebron against Tampa Bay. Now we've pretty much picked on Tampa Bay for the last eight weeks because they've really been bad. One position they actually have been fairly good against is the tight end position though. So I think they've only allowed three tight end touchdowns all season. And I mean, Eric Ebron I can kind of see maybe being more involved in the offense if Stafford's limited. Like he, like you said, he won't be able to throw the ball deep downfield. They might have to dump it off more. 
dink and dunk type offense. So that was pretty much my key. Uh, he's been pretty productive of late, and I figured that the dink and dunk could lead to more red zone opportunities to, for him to hit pay dirt versus some of those longer 30, 40 type yarders that are going to Marvin Jones that I think maybe Stafford might have trouble pulling the, pulling the trigger on. Well, just like at the quarterback position, we're staying in the same game for value pick. I'm actually going to give you two value plays this week at tight end. My first one is the opposite to Eric Ebron. That's Cameron Brait. Uh, Detroit has allowed four tight end touchdowns over the last three weeks. Uh, they even allowed a converted defensive end slash H back to catch a score last week. Uh, I was looking, like rushing through my paperwork, trying to figure out who the heck this guy was when he showed up in the scoring column for uh, for Baltimore. And I still don't know who he is, to tell you the truth. But uh, he scored a touchdown. Um, ben Watson scored a touchdown. Uh, Cameron Brait scored a couple touchdowns. Not surprisingly, now that Jameis Winston is back on the field, the ball has followed towards Brait. That was, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't look that way a lot. No, and that's what I was going to say because I know people are not happy with, with what, what's happened to Bray of late, but it's easy to see that Jameis likes him. So I do like that play. Um, at three grand, you know, versus Bray's 4,100, it's really what made me pull the trigger on, on Ebron, trying to stay with a cheaper option. And that's why I'm going to give everyone another name here, someone that's very cheap, but I think makes a decent play for this week. That's Steven Anderson. Price tag's 3200 on DraftKings, 4500 That's basically league minimum on FanDuel facing San Francisco. Uh, C.J. Fedorowicz uh, suffered yet another injury last week. Uh, no guarantee he's going to play this coming week. If he does, he makes a decent play. Otherwise, Anderson has been heavily involved in their passing game uh, basically since Tom Savage took over. Uh, and even in week one when Tom Savage was the quarterback, he also targeted Steven Anderson a lot. And so I think that Anderson could be a good play against the San Francisco defense that's given up tight end touchdowns in four of their last five. There are really no bad plays against San Francisco. That's the truth. Okay, so so that is our pay to plays and uh, value plays and all the DFS fun stuff for the week. Uh, we do have a few pairs. I actually thought we'd have more matches this week, but we didn't. Um, yeah, would we have three? Three or four? Yeah, let's see. We matched on DeAndre Hopkins. Yep. We matched on Zach Ertz. We matched on Todd Gurley. Matched we on matched Russ. on Russell Wilson. Okay, so four of them. The one I thought we might match on that we didn't was uh, was Kelsey, but I yeah, I can agree with your pick there. Yeah, just right now that, that team scares me with what they look like as an overall team. So there's, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised by a big game. I just don't want to pay up for with that risk. I will say this. Uh, it was nice change of pace to see them get off to a bit of an offensive start last week, uh, throwing the ball downfield, opening up Alex Smith's playbook a little bit. Cause we still didn't see a ton of Kareem hunt this week though. And that's gotta be really right. kind of weighing on his dynasty owners. Some. Yeah. If, 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 and I'll say this, if I was in a dynasty league and somebody's panicking, I'd buy, 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 buy seriously. Oh, just, just like, uh, the, the song goes, uh, was that in sync? Yeah, I think so. Bye, bye, bye. You might be crazy, but it ain't no lie, baby. Bye, bye, bye. Okay. All right. So, um, real quick, let you if you have anything that you want to talk about, I'll let you do it. But I'm just going to say this: this week's slate, I think, screams for why you tr- you want to try not just to make the playoffs, but you want to try and get a buy because you do not want to leave it to chance 
because that's how it's fluky the, the NFL season can be, fantasy season can be. But having guys like, hold on quick, let's see how many people I can at least name here. Um, you've got Carson Wentz on the road. He hasn't looked very, he didn't look good after last week. Um, Jared Goff, I know, is at home, but what's going to happen against that defense? Alex Smith has a has a cushy matchup, but because of how he's played of late, you can't feel comfortable going there. Cam's got a bad matchup. Russell's got a bad matchup. McCown, if you're streaming, has a bad matchup. Jameis didn't show anything that makes you feel good, honestly, going against Detroit. Kirk Cousins has a bad matchup. Um, Mariota, Mariota's got a bad matchup. Yeah, yep. Mar- Mariota's got a bad matchup, plus he's on the road. Um, Dak Andy Pres- Dalton. Dak Prescott's got a decent matchup, but can you trust him after? You know what I mean? So... At quarterback, there's just so much unknown unsureness there. Then you go to the running backs. Todd Gurley's got a tough matchup. Um, Fournette has a tough matchup. McCaffrey has a tough matchup. Hunt's been Hunt. Um, Carlos Hyde, good. You know, Jamal Williams, is he going to keep it, or is there going to be extra touches for Aaron Jones, possibly? Um, So there's just so many, I think, you know, troubling matchups there that you don't want to get, you know, where if you can have a buy, you want the buy at wide receiver beyond Nuke. I mean, even Keenan Allen, who's been on fire, he could be facing you know um, Josh Norman, and that could really hurt his production level. So if you can avoid that, you want to. AJ Green doesn't have a cushy matchup against that Chicago defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Thielen doesn't have the best matchup in the world. Tyreek Hill, he does. Mike Evans, he could see a little bit of Darius Slay that could hurt his value. Um, Devonte Adams, the whole. Green Bay receiving core is still kind of ugly. So, I mean, you could just go through them, and there's just so many. Ma- Robbie Anderson's a guy people have been relying on. If you have to use him, do you really want to use him this week against Denver? You might have to, but you don't want to type thing. So I really think that it's just key to trying to say, this is why I need to buy. Imagine the Gronkowski owners. He's got to be a key part of their teams. He goes and gets suspended. So, Well, again, we don't know for certain if Gronk will appeal this, if he'll get put off a week if he'll go become an Ezekiel Elliott-type situation. But uh, if, if indeed he does miss this week's game, and I, I'm guessing he probably will. I am too. It's going to really, really hurt those teams that like, so got into the uh, playoffs on his back. Uh, you mentioned a lot of guys. Uh, for people playing on DFS this week, uh, I would definitely probably concentrate spending my money at wide receiver, yep. where I do feel the, the top tier of wide receivers is still a group there. I can kind of choose from Tyree Kill, Mike Evans, Marvin Jones, uh, Crabtree, Golden Tate, maybe. Yep. Uh, those guys are going to be a little higher priced. And obviously, DeAndre Hopkins, who I think uh, you'd be stupid to not play this week. He's going to have a lot of, he's going to have very high ownership, but he's one of those guys that you really can't afford to fade, I don't think. That just like we said a few weeks ago with Julio Jones, right? Said if, exactly. If he puts up 250 and 10 catches, 250 and two. You're gonna want. You don't want to have to say ah, I was fading him because everybody was going to own him. Because guess what? You need to own him at that point. Um, so yeah. So I think that this is this is the week that you're going to spend more at wide receiver, spend a little less at running back. Again, kind of maybe ch- uh, challenge in that middle tier of running backs, guys like Lamar Miller, uh, possibly Samaje Perine, Alfred Morris against the Giants has, has got a fairly good matchup. I kind of like him a lot in that space there. Or you can go a little further down. Like I'd mentioned Frank Gore as a value play. I, I think C.J. Anderson reestablished himself. He gets to take on the Jets this week. I think he's a good play. And uh, an interesting, you'd mentioned uh, wanting to have the Seattle running game. Well, hey, there's I'm one gonna, guy who's gonna, really, really cheap, and that's uh, Mike on. Davis. I'm going I'm to jump in here real quick and say breaking. 
um, right now just happened in this game. Joe Mixon just took a shot, looked like helmet to helmet, and he's down. It doesn't look good. Well, and, and for our listeners, too, we, we kind of we're watching the uh, Cincinnati Pittsburgh game right now. Uh, we haven't received any updates yet on Ryan Shazier's uh, injury as well from earlier in the game. Uh, he, of course, was uh, immobilized and carted off with no movement in his lower extremities was as they were hauling him off the uh, field. So, obviously, our prayers go out to both Shazier and also to uh, Mixon. Hopefully, they both uh, come through this okay. Absolutely. But uh, you know who also we hope comes through this okay, and that's Steve Gallo, who is, uh, again, battling a... Uh, throat irritant of some kind, which is causing him to lose his voice. And uh, so hopefully next week when we come back, yes. he'll be feeling a little better. I hope so, but I cut you off. So keep go ahead and talk about Mike Davis real quick. Uh, there isn't much to say. He's Mike Davis. Okay. That's it's, what you, that's it's a chance to start a Seattle running back. That's if what you, you want to have a huh? shot. Well, I, I kind of like stashing him. I tried to stash him when he was doubtful. Um, thinking that people really weren't going to look at him. I got him in one league, not in another. And maybe if he can establish himself, then if you wind up with an injury or something happens last minute, at least you got a guy you might be able to plug in so that he cannot get in from inside the red zone somewhere. Anyway, um, sorry it's been such a bust for me this week. Uh, what I will say is make sure that you're following Harley at Nuclear Harley. You can follow me at Steve Gallo NFL, where my tweets are not inf- impacted by my loss of voice. And then, of course, on iTunes, check us out, subscribe, all that good stuff. And until next week, get blitzed responsibly, even if it's with tea, lemon, honey, and a little bit of bourbon. And hit water. And hit water. Cheers. Cheers.